there is a really interesting reliever that just hit the streets. I don't think it's going to be expensive because I believe he is an arbitration guy. He's $3.5 million this year. But the Rangers just DFA'd their former closer, Sam Dyson, who saved 38 games in 70 and a third innings last year with a 2.43 ERA. His last three years, his ERAs have been 2.14 with the Marlins, 2.63 and 2.43, and he's just getting shelled out of his mind this year to the point where Texas said, dude, we got to DFA you. We can't. He must be out of minor league options. He's available. Your thoughts, Derek? I think the Twins should make a play here. I know that every time a former top reliever, right, every time they're sent out or their old team sends them back in, you think about, oh, if only he could recapture the glory days. Well, this guy's 29. I know. And you, I, I'm not saying that he'll go back to being the kind of guy that, that, that made him such a great closer for the Rangers, but I don't think he's that far off from it right now. The results just haven't been there. He's been terrible this year. I think it's like a 10.8 ERA. Yeah, so the, the Rangers, as a competitive team, were sort of just in the same spot that the Twins have been with Ryan Presley or uh, Matt Belisle, where it's like, what? Well, how, how much can we keep trotting this out, right? Like, we have to come up. If we're a losing team, fine. We'll just take our lumps. We'll try and get him back on track. But the Rangers essentially ran out of patience, said, all right, you're gone, DFA'd him, and reportedly they're looking for a trade. If I'm the Twins, that's that's a, co- a phone call I'm making very early in the morning. So would, would this cost just be a Class A guy? I mean, It's hard to know. Because uh, if other... you're talking about that, then I'd do it in a heartbeat. Exactly. Sure, why not? Exactly right. Well, then you have to give him a bullpen spot, and that's part of the argument, too, is... Oh, there's plenty available. <laughs> okay, Wait, well... are you saying a Twins bullpen spot? That's right. You gotta, he's going to take a up a that's spot not a, That's not a question. Like, there are four spots right now. Matt Belisle can give up his spot. So I look, I, I look at other uh, DFA'd pitchers, right? I mean, Adam Wilk cleared waivers, stash him in the minor leagues. Yeah, we'll Michael Tonkin cleared waivers, stash him in the minor leagues. Jason Wheeler traded for cash, like... The price for DFA pitchers just isn't that high. Now, it might be a little different in Dyson's case based on the fact that he's had a track record of success. But if you're the Rangers, you don't hold a whole lot of leverage right here. Your options are trade him in these 10 days, which I think started on Friday. Your other option is put him through waivers and have somebody claim him and take him for free. You, you don't have a lot of leverage if you're Texas. Yeah, I think I, obviously if Sam Dyson... It's weird because his you'd think, oh, the guy's strikeouts are gone and he just went bonkers with a 10 ERA. There must be some arm trouble there. Well, first of all, I think they would explore DLing him first before DFAing him. If, if there was an arm issue, yeah. it's kind of surprising to me that Texas hasn't just put him on the DL. Well, they tried that. They tried putting oh, him so on, the on the DL. Yeah, and then he was on the DL. Yeah, and it was like it was like a hand bruise or something. I can't remember exactly what the injury was that landed him on the DL, but now he's back and he blew another save yeah. and they finally had to say, okay, Enough is enough. The stuff is still there, but we're not getting the results. See, if if you were landing the Sam Dyson from the past three years and the Sam Dyson from a Rangers team that was very competitive last year and saved 38 games, he'd be the best reliever in your bullpen right now. Right. Which isn't saying a whole lot. <laughs> that transaction exactly still wouldn't collection. be too tough. I wouldn't think so. Oh, no, if, no one's arguing that there's... If you're the twi- right, no, but I'm, I'm just saying that... The worst that would be in baseball. A, yeah. that, that would be a transaction that would be very palatable. So here's the argument against it. Now, I'm not arguing against it. I think it makes sense for the Twins to make this call and say, hey, what would it cost to get this? Now, maybe a little bidding war ensues because a lot of teams could use a sure. reclamation project reliever, but see what see what it takes. See what it would cost, and people will say, well... 
Phil, you mentioned the strikeout rate way down this year. Walk rate way up. Home run rate way up. Just trending in all of the wrong directions if you're Sam Dyson. He's not getting swings and misses anymore. It went from something like a 13% rate, which is decent for a reliever, to a 5.5% rate, which is Brandon Kinsler. But there's my argument, is that you're not getting a strikeout artist back end of the bullpen ace, like an Aroldis Chapman, Dallin Batansis, you know, you name it, mm-hmm. Andrew Miller. You're getting a ground ball guy who's going to come in, has some heavy sink, and hope to induce bad contact and get a lot of grounders. He did that last year to a great extent. He did that this year so far. The only problem is everything else isn't working out. So you just you got to know what the expectations are. I'm saying go get another Brandon Kinsler, not necessarily go get Andrew Miller who just got there. Yeah, I think this team should be in the market of collecting as much talent as possible. And if this is a buy low possibility, um, I, I'm with you. I, I think there's no reason not to explore this unless for some reason there becomes a bidding war for Sam Dyson. And yeah. like, if you can buy low on Sam Dyson or claim him, I would pay him a couple million dollars the rest of the way and, and see what he's got. Yeah, for sure. The upside too, Phil is not just the rest of the year paying him, you know, whatever's left on his $3 million salary. The upside is that he's a team control guy. He'd have three more years of team control. So if, and I know it's a big, if you can't just say, well, pluck him, fix him. And Now, there you go. But if you can get this guy back on track and all it costs you is a low-level prospect and a spot in your bullpen for the rest of the year, you potentially have him for three more years through the arbitration process. I would think that would be awfully uh, awfully appealing. It's worth a try. I mean, there's no downside. If if you go do this in a year or two when when the expectations are there and he fails, it looks bad. For this season, Um, you're fine. Okay, right now, just for fun, how many guys in the Twins? And I think people say, "Oh, the Twins bullpen sort of bounced back this weekend." Okay, anything looks like bouncing back compared to what happened against Houston. I still saw Taylor Rogers give up. I think it was on Thursday night last week. Gave up potentially game-altering home run in the eighth. Uh, it seems like Kinsler has to get a ground ball double play every time he pitches to get out of an inning, but that's just sort of him. Mm-hmm. Matt Belisle did face Albert Pujols in a key spot and got a ground ball double play. So congrats to Matt Belisle on not giving up a 500-foot home run to Albert Pujols. But what do you think? They brought in uh, Randy Rosario and um, and Alex Wimmers, who was okay over the weekend. Current state of the bullpen. Now that we've had five days to let the dust settle yeah. from the Astros, is there who do you trust right now? What 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 if you're managing? Like who are the guys that you say? Okay, I'm going to trust him and him and him to get yeah. key outs late in the game. Still needs to get better is my thirty thousand foot view assessment, which I'm sure I'm not breaking news with that. Trustworthy guys right now for me, it's two. It's Brandon Kinsler. I trust him at the end of the game, and it's Tyler Duffy. I really like the way Duffy's pitched lately. I love his two pitch mix. The fact that the fastball is a pitch for him, but he doesn't need to rely on it exclusively because that curveball is such a big weapon for him and continues to play up out of the bullpen. After that, I, I do like Taylor Rogers, but as you mentioned, Phil, he's had some troubles lately. Even the walk the other day is what set up the Albert Pujols at bat, which could have been disastrous for the Twins, but then Molitor trusts Matt Belisle, and Belisle comes through for him. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I guess, two and a half is the way I'd put it. I was really intrigued by this Randy Rosario call-up. I, I heard... Um, Chattanooga manager Jake Maurer on with Royce last week and talking about his two-pitch mix, the breaking ball and fastball, and basically just singing this guy's praises, saying, yeah, he could, he could as this stuff plays up, the fastball, the, the little breaking ball that we saw over the weekend, 
he could really be a guy who's getting not just lefties, but lefties and righties out in the big leagues right now. We saw some of that over the weekend. Still a ways to go, I think, for him. He but three runs on Friday, yeah, right, in the ex- ninth inning? Exactly. Well, and he pitched the eighth. and pitched he looked, the eighth, scoreless eighth. Yeah. He was, I was getting ready to send out my assessment after the eighth and inning, and I'm thinking, wow. Singing his praises. Wow, yeah, nice little debut. And then he, he pitches another inning. It didn't go quite as well. But he's... He's interesting, but trustworthy, I think, is going probably too far right now. There, there just aren't that many guys for the I think the right term now. influx is very fair Yeah, for this bullpen. I mean, the Houston series overall is just a disaster. We right. all get that. But if you can subtract that for just one second, I think influx. This bullpen's very much, and they're going to continue to go down this path. And I'm fine. I'm fine with that for a year if you're going to experiment, as just as long as you don't get too wedded two guys. Yeah. I mean, if Belial, if Belial comes back and continues to fail, eventually you're going to have to say, okay, we tried. See I, you later. I think that's going to be the case for the whole year, Judd, especially if the Twins stay in the mix. Now, if if they fall out of the race or something like that and the young kids get healthy, maybe just turn it over to them and say, all right, auditions for next year, see what you can do. But as long as they're in contention and things are going all right outside of the bullpen – I'm pretty sure the Twins are just going to continue to mix and match for the rest right. of the year with those relievers. For this year, I'm fine with that. Gentlemen, yeah. I've got some more Robbie Grossman facts for you when we come back here. Hey. Also, let's talk more about Jose Barrios and uh, yet another start yesterday. Not his greatest, but I think a great step forward for him. Derek Wetmore is hanging out with us talking first-place Twins. Hey, guys, before we continue on with the rest of this Touch em All podcast, it's Phil Mackey here for all of you Twin Cities area listeners to tell you about Luther Brookdale Toyota. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard is the location. My family and I have been going to this car dealership and service department for three-plus decades, and there's a reason for that. It's the best in the business, the smartest and friendliest people in the business. They'll treat you like family. So find out why my family and I have been going to the same dealership and service department for multiple decades right on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Derek Wetmore hanging out with us here. Mackie and Judd on this Monday. Twins in first place by a game over Cleveland. I have some Robbie Grossman facts for you, gentlemen. That's right. Robbie I'm Grossman. I'm shocked by this development. Robbie Grossman, who drinks tiger blood. I'm not sure if you guys knew that. He's well prepared. I read that this weekend. He now, Yeah, they were talking about that. Was it on the broadcast the yesterday? Star Tribune had it on Sunday. His preparation. I'm not sure if the broadcast. They've been talking him up on the broadcast recently, too. Yeah, he. So here's a Robbie Grossman fact. Mm -hmm. He watches hours of film on the upcoming pitchers, relievers, and starters in advance of each series. And then oftentimes, as a DH, we'll duck into the clubhouse between at bats to watch more film because. Why not? The Star Tribune Tribune item that uh, appeared in Sunday's paper was the fact that last year he predictably did, he never swung at the first pitch, and it became so predictable, he's now changed that. And now he's hitting bombs. And yes, yes, Uh, exactly right. Robbie Grossman has the 13th highest on-base percentage in the major leagues so far through two months behind Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Buster Posey. Aaron Hicks is on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Cozart, Aaron Judge, who's going to be maybe the MVP of the American League. Paul Goldschmidt, Ryan Zimmerman, who's had a resurging season. Joey Votto, Eric Thames, the slugger from uh, the KBO. Michael Conforto, Miguel Sano, and there's Robbie Grossman. Ahead of Jose Altuve, Chris Bryant, Miguel Cabrera, Nelson Cruz, and Anthony Rizzo. There's his company for on base. Now, he's not hitting for the same power as some of these guys, but 
he really has emerged as one of the more reliable bats in this lineup. And a guy that gets on base at that kind of a clip, I want him in the lineup almost every day. I don't know if I trust his glove in left field, but if he's DHing, he's been awesome. Yeah, he's and really since last May. I mean, when he came over to the Twins, was it a minor league deal uh, or a major league deal? I don't remember, but... He'd been in Houston, cast aside, wound up in Cleveland's minor leagues, and took advantage of. Well, an I think they claimed clause. him, and so they had to put him on the twenty-five That's minute what it roster. Was, and he's been sensational ever since. I, I guess, who are you aiming that at, Phil? When you say, uh, when you say, "Hey, Robbie Grossman, good hitter," is that is that for me or is that for Judd? It's not being or? aimed at anyone. It's okay. just a, it's Robbie Grossman facts. Robbie Grossman facts. Are these like Chuck Norris facts? Or yeah, a little bit. Okay. Robbie Grossman doesn't sleep; he waits. <laughs> Or Robbie Grossman. I feel, Just here to do a job. I feel bad that I fell for that one. You did, I should, completely. Man, I, told, I, I asked this trivia question to Jason Stark on Twitter over the weekend. Say, hey, you're the trivia guy, Jason. Yeah, threw it how right many, back at him. How many hitters in baseball history are better than Robbie Grossman? None. Answer none. Yeah, I... I'm not quite ready to go that far, but Robbie Grossman is legitimately a valuable hitter for this team. It was a good pickup. I talked about this this winter, and I got made fun of all the time, and I continued talking about it in April, made fun of even more, and now he's good, and and now the bit has been stolen from me, and uh, Chuck Norris is now spouting Robbie Grossman facts. Did I see this right on Thursday or Friday? Shane Robinson, the former twin, is he playing for the Angels now? Yeah, that's right. He got called up, yeah. So he's He's resurfaced. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. He might in have been the Mike Trout replacement, to be honest with you. Well, replacement in air quotes, but... How about that poor lineup without Mike Trout? Yeah, yeah that team's just not as good without the best player in the history of not baseball. Not as good. It looks like an American <laughs> Legion team in half of it. I mean, it is it is a shame. That's a team that has resources. They've got payroll if they want it. Yeah. And they've got the best player of this generation. And they can't get out of their own way. They can't. They don't. They don't have other young players that they can bring up that can be superstars. They don't... I don't know where they're spending their money. I guess Albert Pujols makes a lot of it, but um, they're pitching staff. Hamilton, too, right? They're still paying him off, I bet. They might still be that paying him off. long contract. They had Jared Weaver for a while, but that's just kind of a dumpster fire of a team with one of the best players in baseball. So, hey, real quick, because we only have a couple minutes left with Derek. Jose Barrios yesterday. Yeah. So he did, again, it's the second time in a row where he just hasn't been quite as laser sharp. But I think you can learn a lot about the quality of a pitcher throughout the course of six months by how he performs when either he doesn't have great stuff or he's running into trouble, whatever it is. He gives up the lead at 2-1 to one in the fourth. Nobody out, loads the bases, and then gets out of it and goes two more to give you six, only two runs, kept it in check for Miguel Sano. I almost take more from that start than I do from the seven or eight innings and two hit ball that he threw a couple weeks ago. Like We yeah. know he's capable of that. But can he take the bad nights and not have it escalate into seven earned runs? It's That's going to be the critical question for the rest of the summer. This goes back to something I talked about this winter, too. Because um, you're right. The stuff is there that he's going to have those nights where it's like, wow, can't touch him. You know, curveball, changeup, fastball in the mid to upper 90s. If he's spotting that stuff, like, you know, good luck to the opposition. But on the days that he doesn't have it. This goes back to when we talked this winter about the value that Irvin Santana provides the Twins on whether or not you should trade him. Well, he's going to be a good pitcher in your rotation, but that's only part of the equation to me. The other part is I've got people in that clubhouse telling me that Boreos is absolutely still watching the way that Irvin Santana goes about that. We've seen some days where Santana doesn't have his best fastball. And if you're a fastball slider guy without your fastball, yep. The opponent's going to have a decided advantage. How do you gut it through six innings, seven innings in some cases in Santana's case? I legitimately think 
that Boreos is learning some of that from Irvin, how to deal with it, not only mentally, but then physically going out to execute that. It, it all sounds like cliche, but I'm telling you, it's really important for a young pitcher to learn some of that stuff so that the bottom doesn't fall out on a day that he doesn't have his best fastball. You're going to see that sometimes from Jose Barreos. How does he respond? And so far, I'd say the answer this year, pretty good. It just takes time, too. That's that's the thing. Is it's a learning curve. Last year was ugly, but probably ultimately a good thing. Yeah, he's pro- And this year, you're going to see there's going to be more clunkers. He probably doesn't start to put it all together if he's going to reach his max potential. You probably start to see that more next year where he's just regularly going seven or eight innings. Sure. You're just you're going to see even yesterday, it's like sometimes he forgets your fastball is still 93 and yeah. moves. You can throw it over, man. You don't have to be nibbling. You don't have to worry. Uh, Burt brought up in between reading from the media guide, Burt brought up a great point when he engaged on a there was a particular at bat where he Barrios threw a breaking ball to get to either one and two or zero oh and two on a hitter. It was a breaking ball to a lefty down in the zone. Hitter swings over it. It might have been um, uh, was it C, this is CJ Crone? Who's the lefty hitter? One of those guys, like one of those thumping hitters. Doesn't matter with the Angels. And um, and Burt said, okay, throw that pitch again. What a lot of pitchers do, he said, is they try to throw an even better breaking ball in this spot. You don't need to throw a better breaking ball. Throw the exact same breaking ball if you're going to throw a breaking ball. And on cue, the next pitch, Barrios spikes it down and in further toward yeah. the hitter's feet. He tried to throw. He said, okay, I'm going to throw an even better breaking ball this time. Because coached him up himself, personally. Well, but, but that was good yeah. insight by Burt. And then, of course, one pitch later, he goes back. I think he threw a fastball up to get the eye level. And then he threw the same breaking ball as he did the first time, gets the swing and miss. He's so. learning. I think it's maybe Cole Calhoun. Oh, no, I'm Cole Calhoun, yep, got, if, if you're Barrios, trust your catchers. Yep. And, and it's working so far. Find Derek's Derek. stuff on 1500ESPN.com. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Colaguard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.